Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, well, what's up, church? What's going on, church? LifePoint Lou, how you guys doing this morning? Now, listen, I I know right now what some of y'all are thinking. Y'all are like, what happened to Pastor Sean? Did he just go backstage and get tan real quick? Like, what's... When did he become black? Like, uh, I am not Pastor Sean. My name is TJ, and uh, I get to serve. Hi, guys. Hey, my name is TJ Williams, and I get to serve as a campus pastor for our LifePoint Global Church back in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, I'm just sitting around, and I'm looking at y'all. I got I need a minute. This is beautiful. You guys don't know how much I've prayed for you how much I believed in you, how much I follow everything that God is doing here. And uh, we're just one big happy family. Like, I'm your weird, crazy, wild black cousin that you didn't know you had. And so that's me here today, and I'm so excited and so honored to be here today. And uh, I I do want to stop for a moment, though, to give honor where honor is due, because I know many of you are in this church, you're enjoying it, your lives have been changed. I got to meet a few of you uh, yesterday at Serve Day. Come on, can we give it up for the church for an amazing job serving? Such an amazing job. I see all the groceries outside. Way to be the church. I want you to know this, that this is not the church, this is the building. When your hands and feet are to what God has called us to do, that is being the church. And so great job in doing all that. And yesterday I got to have a conversation with many of you and hearing the stories of life change and how you found life point and all those different things. But the only reason why this happened is because A, God, but B, because there's two people who said yes to a call, who, who followed God uh, blindly to a degree, to coming to a place, to a city, that they didn't really know anybody have any ties, but knew that God called them to plant a life-giving church. And because of that, some of your lives are better, some of your marriages are better, and some of your lives that still have yet to be changed will be changed forever. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about your lead pastors, Pastors Sean and Jen McGill. Can we take a moment and can we honor your pastor? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. Come on, they're your leaders, they're your mentors. We thank God for them. Come on, they're worthy of double honor. Pastor Sean and Jen, I'm telling you, I'm so grateful for you. Um, I'm not going to talk too long by this because I I feel a tickle in my throat like I'm about to cry. I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, I and my wife's life and trajectory of our lives have literally changed because of you two. Pastor Sean, I'll never forget our conversation at Chipotle three or four years ago. Yeah, we were eating, that's what we do. <laughs> and it literally changed the trajectory of my life. And I'm so grateful for you guys and that you guys are so real, so authentic. Y'all are the same people, no matter what space that you are in. And me and Courtney, we love you guys so, so much. Come on, one more time, let's honor your pastors so much. Hey, while you're clapping, my wife of 10 years is here. Courtney, come on, can you honor my beautiful bride? She has been putting up with this foolishness that you're about to see for 10 years now. Um, Actually, it's been uh, a lot longer than that, Uh, 15, 16 years. So y'all pray God's uh, favor on her life. Uh, 
that God will help her. And uh, our two children, our uh, six-year-old and uh, two-year-old, about to be three-year-old, um, they're probably terrorizing Kids Point right now. So y'all pray for the Kids Point Dream Team. And uh, we're honored to be here. I, I know guest speakers, they usually take a long time introducing themselves, getting to know you. But listen, I'm family. Like, we're just going to get into it. I feel like God has given me a word to share with you. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you now, if you have not noticed yet, I'm black. <laughs> Don't know if you've noticed that. Um, so I'm going to get a little rowdy. I'm going to get a little wild. We're going to preach. And listen, the message gets a whole lot better if you talk back to me, if you say amen, if you say preach, preacher, if you say preach, black man. I don't care what it is. We're going to have... A good time. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles if you have them. If you're not, if you have your glowing Bible, turn that thing on. And I'm going to go to, uh, I want you to go to a book of the Bible that is about to scare all of y'all just for a moment, but hang with me. Uh, I want you to turn to Revelation. Some of y'all already, like, what did y'all do, Pastor Sean and Jen? Y'all sent somebody who's going to preach on Revelation. Hang with me for a moment. It's going to be found in, in chapter 22, verse 17. I just want to read this one verse. And it says this. It says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Everybody say, come. come. Let anyone who is thirsty. It's the word I want to land on today. Anyone who's thirsty, let them come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for meeting us here already. We can sense your presence. Now I pray, God, that you would speak through me, that I'd be a conduit of your spirit, that I won't say any idle words, that I won't say anything that's pointing towards me, but only to the name that is above every name, and that is Jesus Christ. God, we love you, we praise you, and pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, I have a question for you. Uh, how many of you love the summer. Come on, show of hands. Who loves the summertime? Come on, somebody. I'm a big summer guy, big summer fan. I love the long days. I love that. It seems like the possibilities are endless in summer. Uh, I love going to the pool. I was just there yesterday. I love going to the lake. I was just there a couple days ago. I love going to the beach. I am a big summer guy. I'm all about summer hanging out. And when I used to know that summer had like officially, officially started for me, was when I would be sitting outside on a hot, hot summer day, and I had in my hand a tall, ice-cold glass of lemonade. Come on, somebody. Listen, revival almost just broke out right there. Listen, some of y'all thought I was going to say something else. I'm going to pray for y'all at the end of the search. But <laughs> a big old tall glass of lemonade, and I'm telling you, listen, like, I loved it. I would drink it morning, noon, and night. Like, that's it. Like, I had it all the time, and uh, uh, lemonade was my drink of choice. But uh, here's what I learned about lemonade, though. It had to be the good, good lemonade. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like, the one that you drink, and it don't just get in your mouth. Like, you get down into your spirit. Like, y'all know that type of lemonade? Like, that, like, that good, good stuff. And I learned in my life that this, that not all lemonade is created equal. It ain't created equal. Y'all know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, you know, I know we're here at church and, and we're one body and we're unique and we, we don't see differences, all those things. But I, I need to take a moment and talk about just a little cultural difference because black people, we like our lemonade a little different. Just a little different. We, we like it with a heavy, heavy anointed hand of sugar. Come on, somebody. Like it's, it's got to be. I'm talking about anointed hand of sugar. Just, just feels, I've heard somebody say before, like, like uh, what about measuring cups? Measuring cups? We use no, how much sugar you don't put in until it's enough? <laughs> until it's sweet? Like, 
that's how much we put in it. But I've learned in my life that, that, that not all lemonades created equal. See, I, I was uh, raised in a great home. Shout out to my parents. Uh, they're amazing. They worked really hard, had great jobs. I went to great schools and all those different things. But the school uh, that I went to, um, it was like, I was like one of three of me, if you know what I mean. And so, but I had great friends. I got to hang out with them and we would be going to the house and we'd play basketball and, and we'd go in the house. And then after we go into the house, uh, uh, their, the mom would be there. She'd be like, hey, do you guys want me to make you some lemonade? And I'd be like, say less. Like, absolutely. Make us some lemonade, please. And she'd go to the, to the cupboard and she'd get the lemonade mix and, and then she'd get the pitcher. And, and I'm just watching, y'all. I'm just ready, salivating. She puts the water in there. And then she, she, she takes the lemonade mix and she opens it up. She puts it in the water and, and she starts stirring. And I'm like, that's, that's different, but okay. And she's stirring. And I'm like, here, here it comes, here it comes. And then she taps it off and she pours it in the cup. And she goes, here you go. And I'm like, what's this? <laughs> and she said, it's lemonade. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> where's the sugar? <laughs> like, like, like where's, the, where's the sugar at? And she's like, oh, TJ, <laughs> This sugar, it's mixed in with the lemonade pack. I said, the devil is a liar. You better go find me some sugar <laughs> in Jesus' name. Like, not all lemonade was created equal. But I, I, I grew into this really, really bad habit of drinking lemonade all the time. I've already told you that. But what I started to learn as I got older was something that I, choose, I chose uh, to ignore when I was younger was that I would get a glass of lemonade, I would drink it, and then I would immediately need another glass. And then I would drink another one and I would, I would immediately need another glass. I would need like four glasses of lemonade before I felt like at all that the parchedness that I had would be hit. What I realized was that it was what I was drinking was actually causing me to be thirsty again. And so it got me thinking as I was preparing uh, for this message is, is that thing that I desired, that thing that I wanted, that thing that I felt would quench my need was actually the thing that was causing me to thirst again. And so my question to you today is, what is the thing that you're desiring in your life, that you are filling yourself with, that you are intaking into your body, into your spirit, that's actually causing you to be thirsty again? Because here is what I knew and learned and start to understand was that taste, that, sat, that thing that I wanted, that desire that I wanted only satisfied me temporarily. It only satisfied me just but for a moment. And so in 2019, we did our 21 days of prayer and fasting at our church. And, and I went all the way in, y'all. I did all the different things. This was the one time that, that I gave it all up. I gave up sugar. I, I, I did everything. And uh, uh, I remember getting the day one that, that said, okay, so no sugar. That means no lemonade, no juice, no none of that stuff. Day one rolls around. I'm like, let's go. I'm out here. We got this. Enneagram seven. We love new challenges. Like, come on, somebody. I got it. Day two rolls around. I'm like, Okay, we all right, we, we good. Day three, I'm, I'm twitching y'all, like I'm like, I'm having withdrawals at that point, but, but uh, shout out to me, uh, I made it all 21 days, y'all. No sugar, no lemonade. We did it, we did it. And, uh, but what I learned was that there was something else that I needed that actually would quench the thirst that I had. And it was this one thing, water. Everybody say water is water. And so I've been on this journey since then. I've lost weight. I feel more healthy. I've done, like, you catch me around. All I drink now is, is water because I've learned the importance and the effects of water. And, and I, I've got some stats I got to show, share with you today that, that really blew my mind as I was preparing this is, do you know that water 
is mentioned in the Bible 722 times. 722 times. Now, some of you are like, okay, like the Bible's big. Is that a lot? Let me show you something. It's mentioned more than faith, more than hope, more than prayer, and more than worship. It's mentioned more than prayer, more than faith, more than hope, and more than worship. Could it be that God has been trying to tell us something all along? 70 to 75% of the earth's surface is made up of what? Water. So it doesn't matter if you traveled all over the world, if you've seen every corner, you have not seen the whole world. You've only seen 25% because the other 75% is water. Doctors and scientists say about 85% of what our brain is housed in is housed in water. And all of the living things that are on the earth are surrounded, are connected by this one desire, this one need that every living thing on the world has, and that is water. And so it's, it's very, very important. But here's what happens when we have a, a lack of water, because scientists also share and say that, that we're not getting enough, we're not intaking enough. And here's some of the effects that has on us when we don't drink enough water. We have head, headaches, frequent headaches. We have dehydration. We have dry skin. We, we could have fatigue. Listen, I'll take my pastor out of, I'm a doctor right now. I'm helping some of y'all. Y'all need to get free of that Coke in Jesus' name. <laughs> fatigue, kidney failure, acne, all sorts of different things, and even weight gain. Weight gain if you don't drink enough water. Now, this one puzzled me because I was like, weight gain? Like, what does that mean? And, and the scientist, the, the study, the person that did the study, he said this. He said, the reason why people gain weight is because they mistakenly diagnose their thirst for hunger. And so they now start consuming something that they were never intended to consume. I wonder for us, when it comes to our thirst and our spiritual thirst, what are some of the things that, that, that because we are not actually diagnosing it right and we're not taking in the right thing, we're actually consuming something we were never meant to consume? You, you were never meant to consume that website, sir. You, you were never meant to consume that, that relationship, man. You were never meant to consume those things. Could it be because you've mistakenly diagnosed your thirst or you're taking in the wrong thing to quench your thirst. Now, some of y'all are like, all right, you talking all this practical stuff. What about spiritual? Let me give you some spiritual effects. When we don't take in the water of life that I just read about in Revelation 22, when we don't take in the water of life into our life, here's what could happen. It's mild to severe anxiety and mild to severe depression, loneliness, endless worry, weariness of the soul, and it causes you to consume things that you were never meant to consume. I need y'all to know today that the water of life is not just important, it's critical. The water of life is not just important, it's critical. And so here's, here's the question is, why are we not drinking enough water? Why are we not intaking this enough in our spirit? Why are we not coming to the water of life? And it's simply this, and, and I know y'all not going to like this answer, but it's because we want what we want and not what we need. We want what we want, but not what we actually need. I, I wanted the lemonade, but I knew it's not what I needed. It's even worse when you know that something that you're intaking into your heart, into your life, into your spirit is actually doing more damage. And so here's, here's my point one. Y'all ready? It's super theological. It's going to blow your mind. God cracked the sky. He gave it to me. It's about to change your life forever. Y'all ready? Here's my point one. My whole synopsis of that intro is this. We thirsty. <laughs> we thirsty. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, we thirsty. We thirsty. And listen, some of y'all are like, I know this, we are thirsty. I know I got a degree, but I need to say how I feel it. We thirsty. We are thirsty. But I need you to know this. 
Being thirsty is not the problem because we're all human. We will all go through dry seasons. We will all go through stressful seasons. We will all go through lack of passionate seasons. Being thirsty is not the problem. The problem is when you go to the wrong source. Being thirsty is not the problem. The problem is when you go to the wrong source. It makes me think of this very famous passage in the Bible. And if you've been here any amount of time, I'm, I'm almost positive that Pastor Sean or Pastor Jen have preached on this passage and you've heard it before because there's many different angles you can take from, but it's found in John chapter four and it's literally paraphrased as the woman at the well. And, and here's, let me set this story up for you. Is Jesus is heading to uh, another city. And then he sits down at a place and, and he tells his disciples, he's like, y'all, y'all going ahead. And, uh, and he's waiting for an encounter with someone. Let's, let's see what happens in this encounter in John chapter four. And we'll start in verse seven. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was all alone at the time because his disciples had gone ahead to buy some Chick-fil-A. Come on, somebody. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, yo, bro, like you a Jew, you're a guy, like you ain't supposed to be talking to me right now. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God had for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask and I would give you living water. So I know we just read it, but let me paraphrase again. Jesus is on a trip. He takes a break. He sends his boys to get some chicken. And and he sits there and he's waiting to encounter this woman. And this woman is coming in the hot of the day. I don't have time to get into why she was doing that, but basically because she was hiding. She was in shame. She was embarrassed. All those different things. But Jesus was still waiting to encounter her. Can we thank God that it doesn't matter what baggage we're carrying, what kind of stress, what anxiety. Jesus is always standing there with his arms open waiting for you. And so she comes to him and they have this exchange and she's like, you're not supposed to be talking to me. What are you talking about? And he's like, I know of a place, I know a source that has better water than the place that you've been going to. He's basically saying that well, that that place that that you keep coming is not the thing that's going to fill you. It's not the thing that's going to excite you. It's not those things. It is not the right source, but I know of the source. And she says, okay, this is great. I like this, whatever. Tell me where the source is. I'll pick up my bucket right now and I'll take it. He goes, no, 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 you misunderstood. This well is not your source. He says, I am the source. He says, I am the living water. In other words, he says, ma'am, I am everything that you need. I need to pause here and get a little preachy here for a moment to tell you that no matter what you're going through, Jesus is all that you need. I know that you're going through a financial struggle. I know that inflation is crazy, but Jesus is all that you need. I know that the doctors have maybe not given you the right diagnosis. I know that that thing is happening, but Jesus is all that you need. I know that your marriage is on the brink and people don't understand what you're going through, but I came from Virginia to tell somebody today that Jesus is all that you need. Jesus is all that you need. And so she finally gets it and she has this moment, but I wonder if we put ourselves in this situation, I think we can see ourselves in this is that we sometimes go to the wrong source. We're thirsty, we're struggling, we're desiring some things, and we go 
to the wrong source. And there's so many different wells and different things that we, that we go to. But, but I, I want to start with, with this one. Uh, I believe that one of the first things, one of the, the wells that we go to, that we pull from, is this one. It's the well of success. It's the well of success. It makes sense, right, that we pick Coke. Coke is the number one most, uh, calm down, calm down, Jesus' name. Water, we're talking about water. Uh, <laughs> it's the number one success, successful brand in soft drinks everywhere. Success, but, but I, need to, I need to talk about some things real quick because uh, culture has defined what success is. Culture has defined uh, what, what it is. And so I did some studies as I was getting ready uh, for this message. And, and I looked at, at all the different generations, all the different backgrounds. And there was a few things that, that came out that defined what success was. The first thing was a generation said that success is power. It's power. That, that if, you are, if you have a place of power, then you're successful. Then, then you are deemed successful. If you're a political figure, if you're a pastor, if you're a teacher, if you're whatever it is, if you have power that's deemed as successful. Another generation said this. They said that if you have influence, you could probably guess which generation this one's from. They have influence. They have people that listen to them. They have people that follow them. That means that they are successful. But the, but the number one thing that it didn't matter what generation that you were in, that was the number one Thing of what people define as success was, was money. Is if you had enough money or whatever enough money is, then you could say you're successful. And, and, and we know that to not be true, right? How many celebrities, how many people, how many people that have all the money in the world keep taking their own lives? How many people, we, we can't get caught up in that, that money is the thing of success. Now, I also have to pause you for a moment because I know there's probably some people in the room that are like, well, I do have a little money and, and I've worked hard. And all. If you've done that, listen, great job. Seriously, like keep working hard. Keep doing all the things. Pay your tithes, return the tithe to God. Give you, give you, like do all the different things. Be generous. But like do you, get your money, like get your money, boo-boo. Like, <laughs> like get it, work hard, get your money. But my question is, in all you're getting of the money, is the money getting you? Like, is it, is it getting your heart? Is that the thing that wakes you up in the morning? Is that the thing that drives you? Man, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do all these things so that I can be deemed success. We've got to stop letting culture define what success is, and we have to let God define what success is. And, and here's the simple definition that I have for what success is. I felt like the Lord gave this to me. Is this, is success is that you woke up and that you lived another day in your purpose. That's a success. You woke up and you lived another day in your purpose. Not that you have all this money, not that you're all out here stacking, not that you're doing all those things, but you woke up and lived on purpose. Now this puts everybody at an even playing field because if you're a stay-at-home mom and you don't make money, that is a job, a full-time job, and you're loving on your kids and you're raising them up and you're doing the right things, guess what? You are a success. If you're a janitor and you ain't got a great car and you just getting from A to Z and, and you're working hard and you're serving and you're doing all the things, guess what? You're a success. If you are a student in the room and you're not in the popular crowd, but every single time somebody comes to you and they ask you about LifePoint Church or they ask you about Jesus and you tell them about your story, guess what? You are a success. Success is I woke up and I lived another day in purpose. That's what success is. So we got to be careful 
drinking from the well of success, Jesus gives us a warning in Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. In the Amplified Version, he says, for what is it profit a man to gain the whole world? Wealth, fame, and success, but forfeit his entire soul. We can't drink from the well of success. I think another well that we drink from is this, is the well of status. The well of status. We all want to be known. And we all want people to see us. We all want people to hear us. And I know that some of you who are introverted, you're like, no, I work in the background. I don't want nobody to see me. Yeah, that's true. But also, we are a little selfish. We were born that way, y'all. It's a part of our sinful nature. So, so we have this desire to, to be known and to be out there and to have people see us and to have people hear what we're saying and to have people understand what we're talking about and know what's going on in our life. And, and Facebook knew this a few years ago when they created this button called the Facebook status because now everybody can go in and they can be known. They can go in and say, if you didn't vote for this person, you're not a Christian. They can go in and they can say, uh, uh, um, you know, this, this organization is right. Or they can, we all have this desire to be known and to put our stuff out there. And, and, and it's this thing that, that causes us to look inward and calls us to look at me and self. And it's all about me. And at the very root of me, guess what, is this big word called pride. And y'all, pride tells you, the actual word tells you what's wrong with the word. How do you spell it? P R-I-D-E. This, this well of status, this well of look at me, look at what's going on in my life, this well of I know more than you know, this well of uh, my thing is right and your thing is wrong, all this well of pulling from this, it makes it about you and it's prideful. And I need you to hear me say this today. If you don't hear me say anything today is this, is that we were not meant to be glory receptors, we were meant to be glory reflectors deflectors. We were not meant to be glory receptors. We were meant to be glory deflectors. So when things happen in your life and when God does promote you and when God does open doors, you don't look at you and say, man, I did this. I'm balling out. I'm doing... No, you say it's to him and to him alone that's did this. When God opens doors and you start getting in the rooms and getting in the settings and he starts doing that in your life, you don't look inward. You look up and say, it's not because of me. It's because of God. As I'm preaching literally here right now, I'm I'm hoping that I'm helping somebody, but I know at the end of the day, as soon as I walk up that platform, I'm going to say whatever happened in here, it was not because of me. It was because of Christ and Christ alone. Galatians 6.14 says, may I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. We got to be careful with the well of status. Listen to me, status may get you into some doors, but it won't give you peace. Your status may give you likes and shares and follows, but it won't give you joy. Your status may give you attention, but it will not give you your right mind. You have to be careful with the well of status. I think one more well, there's so many, but I only picked three today, is this, the well of satisfaction. The well of satisfaction. Now, I picked this one because if you like this one, you need Jesus. Like, <laughs> let's just talk for a minute. 
But I know people who like this or Orange Fanta or whatever these things. And the reason why they like these so much is because there's instant flavor. Like you don't have to work for it. You ain't got to wait. It ain't got to get cold. or Like I'll open this thing up right now and it's going to, I'm like, them flavors going to hit all my tingle tangles. It's going to do it. <laughs> but it's this, it's this instantaneous thing. And, and I think that the reason why we struggle with the well of satisfaction is because we want, the, we want instant gratification. We, we want the taste right away. We, we, want, we want the thing, right. we don't want to wait for it, we don't want to work for it, we want the well of satisfaction. Here's, here's what I said about this well, is that we want what we want when we want it. We want what we want when we want it. But can I tell y'all, I gotta be honest with you, this well is dangerous. The well of satisfaction is dangerous. Because just like my lemonade, just like what you see there, just like those things, is when you are drinking from the well of satisfaction, I need you to know this, it's only good for a moment. It's only good for the moment. That encounter, it's only good for the moment. That conversation was only good for the moment. That, that, that decision that you made was only good for a moment, and the well of satisfaction is dangerous, and, and I know some of you right now is like, well, I, you know, I'm an adult though, like I can, I can do whatever I please, I can live whatever way I want to, I can make those decisions, I can, I can sleep with whoever I want to, I want to have those conversations, I can do all those things, and you're, I'm going to tell you, you're right, you're an adult, you can, God's given us free will, he's given us choice, you can, you can do all those things, but I also know the Bible says this, is everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial. It's permissible for you to go out and get three or four or five or ten credit cards so that you can flaunt on people and have the greatest vacations, but it probably ain't beneficial to your credit. It's permissible to have a relationship with someone of the opposite sex when you're married, but it's probably not beneficial. It's permissible to do some of those things, but I promise you, it's probably not beneficial. This well of satisfaction is dangerous. This is where bad financial decisions are made. This is where alcoholism happens. This is where drug abuse happens. This is where affairs happen. This is where you fall into the trap of the temptations from the enemy. How do I know this so well? Because some of you in the room know this story because we've got to be around in the last few years, but many of you don't know that this guy standing here preaching to you had a 12-year addiction to pornography. 12 years. I was in ministry. I was traveling the country, leading worship, praying for people, seeing that trap fall off of them, and I was going home and I was still trapped because I decided to drink from the well of satisfaction. I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it, and it nearly destroyed the call that God had on my life. What are you drinking from today? 
that is satisfying you that could be destroying the very thing that God put you on the planet to do. The well of satisfaction is dangerous. But here's what I learned. The secret of not falling into the trap of satisfaction is this, is the secret is striving for satisfaction is all about this, is that you need to learn to be content. Like learning to be content is the strategy against satisfaction. You, you need to learn to be content with your job. I know it may not be the best thing ever, but, but like be content. You need to learn to be content with your spouse. Hello, come on somebody. You, you need to be, learn how to be content with your body. Now I know some of you are like, I still got work to do. Do your work. Like get, get good, girl. Like do, do all the things. But, but you need to learn to be content with those things. Paul teaches us this in Philippians 4. He says this in synopsis. He goes, I know what it feels like to have a lot, and I know what it feels like to have a little. But the secret I learned in all those things was being content was being content with where I'm at, was being content with what God has given me, was being content with the positions and the place and the status that he's given me right now. Stop worrying so much about the future and focus on what God has put in your hand right now. Here's what I know about content is that the more that you learn to be content, the more gratitude that you'll have. And the more gratitude that you have is the more praise that you'll give. And the more praise that you'll give, the more blessings will come down. And the more blessings will come down is the more that you have to give out. Because newsflash, God doesn't bless you for you. He blesses you for others. That's the problem with satisfaction is it's all about me. But when you learn to be content, it starts to be about everybody else. So we got to be careful drinking from these wells. We got the well success, the well of status. We, we've got the well of satisfaction. But we got so many other wells that we drink from. The well of validation. I need to be validated by everything that I do and I say and people got to listen to me and We've got the, the well of approval. I need somebody to tell me that I'm doing well. I need somebody to see those things. I, we've got that well. We've got the well of, this is just where I'm at. Like staying status quo. I'm just, I'm good with where life is. I'm, I'm not gonna work any hard. I'm just good with where it's at. And then we've got another dangerous well. The well that's not as bad as. Because this is almost water, but it's not. Some decisions that you make is almost God, but it's not. Some of the things that you think about that you do is almost, well, it's not as bad as this. It's not as bad. It still is not the thing that you need and that is living water. And I came to tell somebody today that if you are drinking from any of these wells, you are settling for a counterfeit. If you're settling for any one of these wells or anything that I haven't said that's come to your mind, you're settling for a counterfeit. I need you to know that the thing that Jesus wants you to have is the purified living water. He wants you to have the living water. So how do I do that in my last couple of minutes real fast? I'm going to give it to you real quickly. How do I receive living water? Number one is this. You got to identify your well. You have to identify, where am I at? What decisions have I made? What, what place am I at? What thing am I searching for? Identify your well. Number two is this, you have to come to him. You, 
You have to come to him. Like, I'm going to say something outside of the lines a little bit, but, but like, yes, bring your needs and your cares and your burdens to your pastors and to your small group leaders. All that is great, but the first place you need to go is take it to Jesus. I'm amazed at how Christians and believers and people who have been walking with God take it to Facebook, take it to Instagram, take it to all these places that will not fill you. You've got to take it to the only one who can give you the living water. And the third thing is this, is you got to actually drink living water. Y'all have all heard this phrase before. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I've done everything that I can today to lead you to living water, but you actually have to drink it. How do I do that? I'm gonna give you three things that's not rocket science, that will not change your life. It's something that we should all know, and you've heard Pastor Sean and Pastor Jen preach on it numerous times, but number one, how do I drink? It's prayer. It's prayer, it's communication with God. It's a dialogue, by the way. It's not you just telling him everything that you need. It's you listening and him saying, no, you need to go back and apologize. No, you need to repent. No, you need to bring that to me. It is communication with God. It is, uh, number two, it is getting in God's word. It is reading the Bible. It is living, it is active. It is this, it's the book that you read and also reads you. That's how you drink the living water. It's also worship, corporately and individually. You got to learn to worship God. And I want you to see, like, what does it look like when I'm praying and when I'm talking to God and when I'm, I'm coming? It's almost like, God, I need you. God, I'm struggling in my marriage. God, I, I, I'm, my family member's sick. God, I, I need you to walk me through this. And as you're praying, as he's speaking to you, it's like this. You take in the living water. As you're reading God's word, as he's talking to you, as he's communicating, as you're reading through the gospels and you're taking it in, it's like the living water. As you're worshiping God, it's like you're taking a drink of the living water. So I close with this. I know that some of us, we actually came in today looking like this. Broken dry, ripped apart. Your business looks like this. Your finances look like this. For some of you, your marriages look like this. And here's the problem. Is then we run to the well of success. Well, if I work harder, if I make more money, then she'll love me more. And we put it in there. And, and, then, and then she says, well, you know what? I, nobody's listening to me. Nobody, I, I'm gonna, you know, if, if, if somebody else will listen to me and they, they'll validate me, they'll validate how I'm feeling. If my friends will just, just agree with what I'm saying, then that's what happens. We put all these things in it. And what you cannot see is that this is getting into the root system and it's killing it. It's killing it. It's causing it to die even more. But what I do know is that once you start drinking from the living water, once you start making the decision to pray 
and to say, God, show me me. God, God, answer my call. God, listen to me. You start listening to the word and you start getting into worship corporately and individually and you're praying and you're living out to God. You're drinking from the living water. Some of y'all are like, well, nothing's happening. Not all miracles happen overnight. Sometimes it takes time. What you can't see is that that's also getting into the root system. And one day, it is going to produce good fruit. It is going to be lively. And this is what you can look like again. This is what your marriage will look like. I prophesy over somebody today that your marriage will look like this again. That your finances will look like this again. That your health will look like this again. That your business will look like this again. That your relationships will look like this again if you will drink from the living water standing all over this room right now if you'll drink from the living water I want to pray over some of you in this room real quickly because I know there's many of you in the room right now that you came in you're dry maybe it's your marriage maybe it's your health maybe it's your finances maybe it's your mental state and if that's you with every head bowed and every eyes closed, just want you between God right now. If you would say, this is not a salvation moment, this is, man, I am dry. My relationship is dry. My health is dry. Whatever it is for you, if that's you, I'm gonna count to three. Would you just be so bold to just slip your hand up so I can see? I wanna pray for you. Pray God's blessing. If that's you, count to three, slip up your hand. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Father, I pray over each and every person that's in this room right now that's come in dry, that's been drinking from the wrong wells, that's been putting themselves in the wrong status, that's been putting themselves in the wrong place. I pray that right now, God, that as they leave this place today, that they will walk out of here filled, encouraged, excited about drinking from the living water. That God, this week they'll pick up their word, God. That this week they'll get into prayer in a voice they never, God, and this week they will worship you like they never have before. And as they do, they will drink and take in the living water and it will change their life forever. God, I believe you can turn it around in their life. In Jesus' name, when heads still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here right now, you're like, man, I, I hear you talking about this. This is great. This is amazing. But that Jesus that you're talking about, I haven't really, like I haven't really made that decision. I thought I did or I maybe didn't. Or maybe you want to renew that decision today. The Bible says real clear, if you would just confess with your mouth, I'm going to give you that opportunity. You believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Guess what? You will be saved. You will be saved. I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you, you've never prayed that prayer before. I'm going to count to three as well. Would you just slip up your hand high enough, long enough so that I can see? Nobody's going to come to you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We're not going to do anything weird. I just want to know who we're praying for. If you say, today, I want to accept Jesus into my life, on the count of three, lift up your hands. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down now. Church, let's pray this prayer out loud for the benefit of those who've never prayed this prayer before. Everybody say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Today, I make you Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you lived. I believe that you died. 
and I believe that you were raised from the dead. And from this moment forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, come on, and everybody said a big amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made that? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. All heaven is rejoicing. Let's celebrate everything that God's doing in this place. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.